0: Welcome to Thriving on the Prairie, a podcast exploring issues concerning families and communities that inspire North Dakota movers, shakers, and community difference makers to engage in lifelong learning. I'm Jody Bruins, Leadership and Civic Engagement Specialist with NDSU Extension. I'm joined today with Jane Strumman, NDSU Extension Gerontology Specialist. And I'm glad that Jane has decided to um, talk to me today about the Community of Care Program and what that's all about and how it is impacting communities across the state of North Dakota. So welcome, Jane, and thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me, Jody. looking forward to it.
0: So I started working with um, with Jane and, and her team who works on community of care um, to facilitate some meetings, thinking about um, making this opportunity available to other communities. And so I think it's important that we share exactly what is this program, Community of Care, and what's happening with communities that are embracing this particular program.
1: Community of Care is a nonprofit organization that started in rural Cass County back in 2003. And it was really started by the Good Samaritan Society as a pilot project. At that time, um, the Good Samaritan Society was interested in how to to help older adults and their family members that were living in the community because their core business was uh, skilled um, nursing facilities um, across the, the country. And so they wanted to do a pilot and they chose um, Arthur kind as the the foundation or area to do this project because that was where the company was founded. And uh, so we we had some seed money from the uh, Good Samaritan Society and at that time also a grant from the Almstead Commission um, to look at how do we start addressing the needs of older adults that live in a rural community. And so it really started as a pilot project and uh, just engaging Uh, members of the community uh, and talking about what's going on in rural Cass County. There's a lot of rural communities, small little towns that comprise kind of the geographic area. And so it began as a conversation, inviting people to be part of some meetings and tried to get uh, representatives from all of the different geographic areas and communities, as well as uh, making sure we had, you know, business and um, commerce uh, education, faith communities, healthcare, social services, government, whether it was uh, the city or county. Um, we had some legislators invited people together and we, we learned about what was going on in our state, what were some of the challenges, and then we started doing some discussion and needs assessment around what are the needs in this particular area, rural Cass County. And so that's that was kind of how it first started.
0: So what were you hearing from people? I assume that there were older adults who were part of this planning process. And when they came to the meeting and said, we think we wanna be part of this and our community needs this, why? What, what were you hearing at that time?
1: Well, when we, we did an, an, a kind of a needs assessment, we went through a, a fairly um, structured process to, identify the needs and there were a lot there were a lot of needs identified but the ones that really rose to the the top of the list was the need for a volunteer program that could do uh, provide a lot of different services for older adults but the biggest area was around transportation rural Cass county had you know some some services in the county you know a dentist uh, part-time clinic those types of things but for uh a big portion of uh, the folks living here, they needed to travel to the, the Fargo-Moorhead area uh, for services, and so that became a the, kind of the top need as as well. Uh, there was a need also for just information. How do people find out about services? You know, because it's not something that you just know, or or often you you are really not interested until maybe a crisis. Occurs and all of a sudden, where do I get this? Is you know, you don't even know what questions to ask. So, they talked about you know, let's let's develop some kind of a resource center where there's staff that can help people that would be local where people could go. So, those are some of the first things that we started with: is developing a volunteer program and uh, developing a, a resource center staffed by uh, a social worker, uh, care coordinator that could. Help people with whatever it was that they needed help with, not being constrained by any kind of government funding that says you can only serve people of this age or you can only do, um, you know, your program areas only this kind of narrow window. We were we had great flexibility in how we were able to serve people.
0: So I think it's interesting. I read a statistic this morning. It said between 2010 and 2025, the number of adults ages 65 and older in North Dakota is expected to grow by 52%. In 1980, older adults were 12% of the population. By 2025, they're expected to be 18% of the state's population. So older adults continue to be an economic driver in our rural communities. Um, And I think this program is one way to make sure that our older adults can remain as um, active citizens in our communities all over the state.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, our older adults, um, you know, we have a higher percentage of older adults living in our rural counties than we do our, our metro areas. And we know that older adults really contribute to to their community in, in great ways, um, in addition to just the economy and financially, but, they are also great volunteers. And I'll just give you an example. Community of Care has a volunteer program, and the majority of their volunteers are older adults. They're retired, and they're stepping up to fill a need in the community, and it's, it's really a win-win situation. And, you know, it, they're a key element of success for Community of Care because they're supporting it in so many ways. And um, to be able to Help our older adults feel like their community is a good place for them to retire and continue to live as they age is, I think, really important work.
0: I read also today that so North Dakota older adults far exceed the national average in volunteering in communities. Well, statewide, 41% of older adults volunteered in 2017 compared to the national average of 29.5%. That I mean that's amazing that people continue to see value in helping neighbors and helping each other and um, just the value of prolonging people's stay in their community and and how important that is. I think that's that really says a lot about the integrity of our communities and the people who live there.
1: I think it speaks to like who who we are in in North Dakota and in beyond and where we help each other. We we wanna help our neighbors, our our friends. And uh, older adults, just because they get to a certain age, don't stop doing that. They're continuing to serve on the church and the school board and, and volunteering for, you know, they're many times keeping the community going because of their community service. You know, they are a real asset uh, in our state, and we, we have a growing number. And in addition, you know, it's, it's really important as a person ages two to feel like they have a purpose you know, everyone needs to have a reason to get up in the morning and to be able to have things that are you're passionate about that you can contribute to. I think it's, a, it's just a win-win for, for everyone.
0: So the expansion of this program, I think is pretty important. So it's obviously been very successful in Cass County. Yes. And, and now um, there was some funding through the legislature to help um, try a pilot project in a couple of other communities. And those communities have been identified in Ransom County and Morton County. And so as we have been working to facilitate some meetings and um, find out some interest, clearly these communities are very interested. And when we visited with them, some of the identified needs, I'll I'll just read some of these that that when we asked what's what's needed in those particular communities, you know, the number one issue. Remains just as you said, it it wasn't Cass County is transportation. And what I found interesting is even if there is public transportation, um, many counties have provided like a a county van or a bus for to take older adults to doctor appointments and so forth. Um, The struggle is, is if they have, um, let's say a cancer treatment and they just aren't physically able to ride in a, a van or a bus for for the extended period or wait for other patients. Yes. Um, so I mean that was that was pretty eye-opening. I just hadn't I think what you said earlier is pretty important. You just don't know the need until you're faced with
1: it. You know fortunate to have some transportation services but what we hear so often from people and not not just in rural caste, but uh, you know across the state and all rural areas uh, have issues with limited transportation options for them to access services and I think when you have a, a fixed schedule or a fixed route it becomes really challenging for older adults who have very specific transportation needs to really get their their needs met and you provided an, a good example of you know if somebody has a 11 o'clock doctor's appointment but they need to get on the van at seven you know, to get to that appointment at 11 and then they can't get back home until later in the afternoon because it's a fixed route. It gets to be a long day, especially if somebody isn't feeling well. And so there's so many situations where that um, maybe the public transportation options really just don't work. Somebody needs, you know, has dialysis or maybe they are getting chemo treatments. And so it's maybe multiple times a week. And that person really wants to go in, have their appointment, and come back home. And so augmenting what's available with some volunteer transportation really helps um, fill a need or, you know, fill one of those gaps. And, uh, you know, our exper- experience at Community of Care is, you know, those the volunteer drivers um you know, it's it's a great way for some socialization to happen as well. They're, they're on the road and going to an appointment, and oftentimes we hear, like, oh, well, we went out for pie after the appointment, or just somebody else that's um, checking in with them, seeing how they're doing. And so sometimes it it serves more than just a transportation need as well.
0: So that was identified as the number one issue in, in these meetings as I'm looking at this list, and the second one um, you you let us into that pretty nicely is friendly visits from people, just phone calls, companionship, um, coffee visits, socialization, someone to check on me. You know, those are all the things that were listed as another need. I mean, we're busy and we have places to go and things to do. And for people whose lives have slowed down, um, we can't minimize the importance of some of that companionship and socialization.
1: Absolutely. And I think this last year has just really highlighted that with the pandemic and many older adults feeling more isolated from friends and family and getting out to, you know, different functions and just seeing people and being engaged with the community. And so it's something that we we live in small, I live in a small community and, you know, we we reach out to people, you know, we're friends with people. We'll maybe you see them at church or the grocery store, the cafe, those types of things. but. It's something that can easily be enhanced in our rural communities by a program like community of care. It maybe just needs to have somebody coordinating some of these types of activities and making sure that we are reaching out to those people who really could benefit from that friendly visit, somebody just checking in on them. It's maybe just the need of somebody coordinating that effort.
0: And finally, something else that I heard that I, I learned was such an important part of this program too is the connection of resources. Again, if you're if you're put in a situation where you have um, let's say you have an older adult as a parent who is in need of some services, where do you go for that information? I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, there's no rule book. All of a sudden you're you're in that situation where you're in a, a place of need. What do you do? And and I see that as a number one factor in community of care is to have a point person that can be reached when someone needs a resource.
1: Absolutely, I think Community of Care has been around long enough now that they're they're a known resource in the community. And if somebody has a question, so maybe there's a new need in a family, somebody's needing some in-home help or some kind of service, they know that they can call Community of Care. They can set up an appointment. They can go in, and meet with staff, and they can sit down with them or talk to them and tell them about. These are the types of resources that are available to help your loved one or help you if it's for the, the person themselves. And so it, it it's such a need because uh, people don't seek out these services until there's a real need. They don't try to learn about these services in advance because it's just, it's Number one, older people really don't like to think about themselves aging or being in a state where they're less than fully independent, and so it's Great. there's a maybe just a natural a tendency for us not to kind of learn too much about that or have to think about that. But you know, it does happen, and we need to have that information. And being able to have somebody who's knowledgeable, staff that's knowledgeable, and they're local and they know what's available and they can can help you, I think means a lot. I've had an opportunity to do some statewide studies for different topics. One was around family caregiving a number of years ago. And I heard over and over and over again from family members, I wish I knew where to go. I wish there was some place that I could go to that I could just get a simple list instead of maybe going and trying to search a website and, you know, just really not understanding there was a simple way that they could understand what's available. I live in Hedinger. What's available here? You know, I, it doesn't do me any good to research and find something that's only available in Grand Forks. So it has been a real stressful um, time for family members when they're needing to find services or some type of help, in more an emergency situation too and they don't really they don't know where to turn and sometimes they don't know what questions to ask and so just having a local resource available has been just a a great asset.
0: So just so people are clear um, again we're visiting today and um, I'm joined with Jane Strowman the NDSU Extension Gerontology Specialist and we're talking about the Community of Care Program and just so people are clear about what exactly this is so as I understand, it's a program where um, a volunteer coordinator is hired. Uh, and I see that as a point person in the community um, to assist people with their with finding the necessary services for a particular need with the end goal of allowing older adults to remain in their home as long as they feel safe and um, independent. And, um, and so community of care, this volunteer coordinator um, might assist someone that needs transportation to a doctor appointment, or maybe they need some errands run or groceries picked up or prescriptions, or maybe they just need a phone call.
1: You're talking more about the, the Ransom County and the Morton County sites right now? right. Yes, right. we, the NDSU Extension had received a grant from the North Dakota Department of Human Services last February, and it was around enhancing home and community-based services in North Dakota uh, for older adults. And we had applied for a grant um, to look at how could we replicate uh, um, something like community of care in a, in a couple other rural communities. Um, there had been a lot of interest over the years from different community leaders and legislators. Like, how do we get this in our community? And so we applied for this, this grant when it became available to start working on this. Our goal in Ransom County and Morton County is to, to work with the local, local community members in identifying the needs, which we know we you mentioned volunteer transportation was listed and we are in the process of hiring a volunteer coordinator for both um, communities. That would be a, a part-time position to start with and that the, the need is really to develop a volunteer program. We're wanting to understand, you know, how easy is it to establish this type of program? It doesn't need, it's not gonna be exactly like community of care. It'll be unique to what the needs are and how those community members envision this, this kind of program in their own community. And we're calling it kind of aging in community and identifying um, unique names for each of these programs, but we would start with part-time staff that really can I, um, start working on these top needs that have been identified. And what we're hoping to do is use the, the resources uh, that we have within the, the staff of community of care now in rural CAS and in, in Ransom County, there's another program called the heart program that Provide similar type of services, and we're really looking to them to help these, um, like in Ransom County, to help develop a volunteer program and uh, figure out how to have a, a quality program. You know, having the policies and procedures and the training and everything done well. There's a little bit of work involved to do that. We have some of the expertise and um, kind of a, a team of people that are going to be helping these two communities. Um, develop these services. You know, in Ransom County, it was kind of the volunteer coordinator um, in Morton County. They, they talked about the volunteer coordinator, but also somebody that would could really be, maybe help develop a resource center, you know, where like a community of care, um, people can call there, they can walk in, they can learn about services. And so that's one of the, the things that we're looking at in Morton County as well. but. The goal is to, how do we replicate these, the community of care model in these two communities, but making it their own. It it will look unique to those communities. And it's really, um, the beauty of the program is that it needs to be owned by the community. And that's how community of care started and that's why it's been successful is that community ownership um, community members need to decide what do they want how do they want it to look how what services should be offered those types of things
0: i think that's what i've admired most as i have learned about this program is no one ever went to these communities and said this is how you have to do this this is how it should look there's no cookie cutter approach it is you identify the need, and let's do our best to meet those needs for community members.
1: Absolutely. You know, when Community of Care started in Rocass County, it was really a black, blank piece of paper, and we brought people together, and we talked about, yes, there, there are many needs. These are the ones that we want to start with, and we started. We just started offering those services, and within... Um, uh, two or three years, the steering committee members were saying this, our, our funding, our grant funding was going to be coming to an end. And they said, we need to figure out how this continues because we don't want this program to end. And that is when Community of Care um, started the process of incorporating and getting its Art of Articles Incorporation in place, its initial board of directors and getting its 501c3 status. And figuring out how, how can we sustain this financially and otherwise? It would not have happened had it not been for the engagement and the passion of local community members.
0: So who are some of the organizations that, that you have partnered with to make this such a successful program? Because, um, you know, obviously you're the point person at NDSU Extension, but rarely do we ever do any of these programs alone. It's always about a partnership. So who are some of the partners um, in this that makes it so successful?
1: Uh, absolutely. You know, we're working with uh, the community of care staff, you know, obviously, and, um, Myrna Hansen is their executive director, and she is just as passionate. I know mean, their board of directors, um, they, they feel passionate about helping other communities as well to figure out how they can have a program like this. Um, bringing more resources for older adults, and so she's been a a key partner. We've also been working with um, quality health associates. Um, Jamie Stagg is our uh, local person who has um, really been um, instrumental and interested in figuring out how how their organization can be helpful as well, and uh, locally. We depend on our local extension family and community wellness agents. And so our agent in Ransom County, Deb Lee, and our agent in Morton County, Vanessa Hoynes, have been that local, um Lee's on the local point person. They know the communities, they're well-respected. They know which community members to, uh, to engage in these conversations as we begin the work in both, both of those counties. And so those are some of the partners that we, and of course, other resources, you know, like yourself, Jody, helping with meetings and facilitating some different planning processes um, have all been really critical for the project to be successful.
0: I find it interesting there's such a diverse group of people on with each community, you know, maybe it's clergy in one and um, a clergy member and just volunteers from the senior center uh, who help with um, meals and maybe it's County Health and other volunteers who have joined our calls, who just deeply care about what's happening in their community, as well as um, really concerned about the safety of older adults in their community and wanting them to, to stay in their home as long as they feel safe to do so.
1: We, we don't just look to those uh, individuals or professionals who are, are working in kind of that aging network world we're looking beyond that, who represents a community and do they have a concern or vested interest in keeping their older adults uh, in their community and safe and healthy. And so we do have different uh, different community members that are, are coming to our meetings and wanting to be part of this work. And I've been just really pleased with both communities um, that, uh, you know, people are good. They, they love their community and they want to help. And even in the midst of a pandemic, people are willing to give up their time and, and come to meetings. And this is, this is good. This is good. This would be good for our community. Let's figure out how we can do it. So.
0: All right, Jane. So if, if people listening to this want this particular program in their community or need more information, should they reach out to you?
1: Yes, absolutely. I'd be glad to uh, talk about what we're doing with this Aging and Community Project and uh, to give an update and share what I know and what's going on. And so I'd be happy to talk with anyone who wants more information.
0: Great, great. So um, people can contact our local extension agent for um, more information and connect you with Jane, or you can go ahead and reach Jane via email. Um, And Jane, do you want to share your email address?
1: Yes, it's jane.stroman at ndsu.edu.
0: All right. Thanks, Jane. Absolutely. Um, And we appreciate everyone joining us today. Thanks for listening to Thriving on the Prairie. To subscribe to the podcast and access a full transcript and resource links from this episode, visit ag.ndsu.edu slash prairie. You can find more resources for families and communities at ndsu.edu extension. This has been a production of NDSU Extension, extending knowledge, changing lives. Thanks for joining us today.